What do you want? Screaming queens. Listen, I am two seconds away from calling the police. Screaming Queens Horror Podcast. What do you want? Screaming Queens Horror Podcast to your death. Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. Better give me those shoes, they're mine. Give them back to me. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else gets the hose again. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. You're going to need death now. <laughs> the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch. It was an asylum. And it was hell. 20 years of pure hell. The devil wins sometimes. What's that? Gods and Hello listeners, welcome to this episode of Screaming Queens. Uh, I'm going to be your host for this evening. Uh, it's me, Jonathan Butler. I'm joined by... Stephen Moore. I'm Mark Infinity. And I'm Jonathan Larkin. You have to think about that I for forgot. a second. I forgot, yeah. I forgot. Or is he? Oh, oh. yes. Yes. Well, with that, that little spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my because we're in symbiosis. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight. Thing. <laughs> thing one and thing two. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we're talking about the thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> See me sabotaging us so we never host together. Go <clears throat> on, sorry. Yes, anyway, so tonight we're going to be talking about John Carpenter's 1982 classic, The Thing. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. If it takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's won. You guys gonna listen to Gary? We can beat one of those things! In remote Antarctica, a group of American research scientists are disturbed at their base camp by a helicopter shooting at a sled dog. When they take in the dog, it brutally attacks both human beings and canines in the camp when they discover that the beast can assume the shape of its victims. The resourceful helicopter pilot, Kate Russell, and the camp doctor... <laughs> <laughs> 
Richard's eyes are. Lead the camp crew in a desperate gory battle against a vicious creature before it picks them all off one by one. See, doesn't that read like that it's a camp crew? Like yeah. That, they're all screaming queens. Can you imagine? The camp doctor. Yeah. Let's like, remake it again. <laughs> <laughs> Called Miss Thing. Yeah, Miss Thing. She goes there. <laughs> That's great, I love it. I love it. Oh, God. So I think this is probably the least homosexual film we're probably ever going to talk about. It possibly is. Yeah. However, by yeah. the end of it, spoiler alert, by the end of it, when McCready and um, Childs. Childs are together, I thought, oh my God, I'd love this to become Brokeback Mountain. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sessing in Antarctica. I think that'd be really like, yeah. amazing. And there's still like lots of penetrating and stuff, so it's always gay. There's lots of penetrating and like people like losing their fists. and uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's gay. It's bloopy as fuck. <laughs> Break back slow, hell. <laughs> Snowy back, bro, hell. <laughs> sorry, John. That'll be, that'll, sorry. Be, <laughs> that'll be the porn remake. That's what I'm doing. I thought that the opening uh, credits were very ominous because of the music. Yeah. And So it's Ennio Morricone yeah. did the music. But, didn't, did you think that it sounded just like John Carpenter? Well, what happened was, um, John Carpenter was obviously a big fan of Ennio Morricone, so for his first big feature, he said, oh, I've got the money, I've finally got the budget, I'll go out and get a proper yeah. composer to do it. So, Ennio saw the film, gave him a score, but John Carpenter wasn't that happy with it, so he got his mate Alan Howarth, yeah. his usual yeah. collaborator. And then he does a few little extra bits himself. So that's why it's it's an Ennio Morricone score, but with a little... So that bit at the very beginning, yeah. which, is this, which is the John Carpenter sound, yeah. that's John Carpenter, that yeah, is yeah. it. And then the whole doo-doo yeah. thing is Ennio Morricone. Yeah. That right? Okay, so this when I was watching this opening scene, I was like, ooh, the, the fun for music's really good. So then you can tell it's a John Carpenter thing. And then I read it wasn't John Carpenter who scored it. And I was like... Oh, well, there goes me thinking it was all clever picking up when you were doing the music. No, no, no. And then, you ah, I'm right. <laughs> I think the thump bit is Ennio Morricone doing his version of what John Carpenter mm. was Because that's doing. what he did. Yeah. He sent him he sent him his films. He gave him, like, uh, Escape from New York yeah. to watch on yeah. Halloween and said, I want you to do your version of the kind of music I do. Yeah. And so then he still wasn't happy with it. Yeah. Because that, <laughs> that heartbeat music, the, the thud music is um, brilliant, isn't it? And you, I, you see that pop up on documentaries and stuff all the time now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing is a well is it a remake i i tend not to think of it as a remake but it was there was an original film from 1951 which was produced by howard hawks yeah mm-hmm. thinking yeah. from another world which basically kick-started the 50s sci-fi boom john carpenter decided in the 80s that he wanted to remake it he was a big fan wasn't he john, yeah. john carpenter was a big fan of the short story as well wasn't he yeah the, the novel well the novel i suppose isn't it really john w campbell's sci-fi thriller who goes there <laughs> 
<laughs> Which sounds really creepy. I'd like to read that just from the title. Who goes there? It sounds scary already. I think I'd like to. I'd like to read that. It sounds but melodramatic. I do think it's a remake, and do you know why? Because he copies the opening credits. Yeah. Well, he he, he puts that on Halloween, doesn't he? The, yeah. in, the intro to the thing from the world is in yeah. Halloween. Yeah. And that, that, that's what the kids are watching on the telly, aren't they? Yeah, totally. Kyle from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is watching yeah. in Halloween. Yeah, well, you know what, to be fair, for the longest time I didn't think it was a remake. I, I'd always view it as it was another version. It was another mm. adaptation of the same novel. But yeah. actually, after seeing a lot of the special features, I just got the new Arrow edition of it. Yeah. A lot of special features on that say that he did purposely do a lot of the like the paranoia from the 50s version as well so yeah. that makes me think more that maybe it is more of a remake now yeah even if you're not directly remaking he's aware of the original and has seen it and probably really enjoyed it otherwise he wouldn't have bothered making his own version of it that even if it's not directly remaking you're always going to borrow aspects yeah. of it mm. no that's true I think my mind is changing more recently that it probably probably is a remake which is interesting because, you know, how Hollywood nowadays just tries to remake everything just for quick money. And this is a remake that's actually really good. And we do forget, don't we, that a lot of our favourite horror films are remakes of old ones as well. Mm. Um, I wonder what's different about this, though, is that in the 80s, I think a lot of people who were teenagers in the 50s and 60s professionally came of age yeah. or were able to do things. And they revisited their teenage cinema their similar yeah. experiences didn't they whether it's like Back to the Future or Stand By Me or anything like that yeah, yeah well the John Hughes films like though they're quintessentially 80s mm. are very much like they're just a revamped version of 1950s teenage films a lot. whereas now it, it is that financial push rather than people nostalgia. rather than nostalgia or people yeah. being inspired by the, their past well there is that argument isn't there where a lot of people say it's pe- the likes of Lucas and Spielberg and Stephen King I suppose it, they are they're the stories that, that you know their childhood was in the 50s mm. so when they're making films and doing stuff in the 80s the Goonies yeah. you know, Robert Zemeckis and Back to the Future they're, they're the stories from the 50s that mm. are just updated to the 80s yeah totally <laughs> I will say though that this was um, it took me a good like 20 minutes half an hour of the film to start getting into it because I was I think because we've been watching so much like trash and like I'm used to everything being seedy or and then I kind of forgot what a film was like when it was just like a normal film like as soon as it gets to watch our films there's always something about it that's going to be fucking weird and I was like oh wait a minute it's just a normal film and at first I was kind of like I don't think I'm liking it and then suddenly it kicked in and I was like now I get it now yeah. it's just not one of them films yeah, yeah it's just legit yeah. <laughs> you don't see McCready's more no. <laughs> more's the pity no um, more's the pity no one gets fingered no one gets fingered no nobody's boobs pop out no I thought so the opening scene I thought was just amazing with oh the dog, dog getting chased well, by the helicopter well, so the opening opening scene that was amazing oh, the, as well the I forgot about flying that flying saucer yeah I, I mm. forgot that even existed that scene I never remembered that at all from when I, used, when I watched it years ago the like map painting and the yeah. flying it's amazing it's really good what did you think of it? the opening the, that flying saucer yeah incredible very 50s no, it was a proper it was a proper model it was someone yeah. just, just made that model and animated it a woman yeah right. a woman made that model Susan something well it was a, the day the air was still and thing from the world they they basically started the 50s 
sci-fi mm. flying saucer boom. Yeah. You can tell. You can tell. Then the, so the dog's getting chased by the helicopter, doesn't it? And you're thinking, why the hell are they shooting at that dog? Such an intriguing beginning. Yeah. You think, why yeah. Why? Why are they so persistently chasing that, yeah. that dog? And you... I just thought then, thinking, why don't you assume it's just for sport? But there is just something about a dog helicopter which tells you that it's something sinister. And there's something... I mean, like, I guess you see in a film called The Thing, you know, it's sinister, don't you? But, you, you it's... It goes right in there. Why they? It just asks, leaves you with so many questions. Mm. But why are they? Why are they worried? Why are they well, shooting that dog? See, this is my first time I'd ever seen this film, and first viewing. But I know so much of it from like pop culture references. I know all the conspiracy theories and everything behind it about like who's the thing. You know, I know all of this. So going into it, that my like the first thing it did was saw the dog, and I was like, oh, so the dog's that thing there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like even know. though I hadn't seen it it was still spoiled for me yeah. because I just knew and I knew the film beat for beat of yeah. what was going to happen next mm. which is weird when you've never seen something well that's just that's the marks of a classic horror film though isn't yeah. it it's, 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 in, it's sort of seeped into well it was Carpenter's first major everything he'd done before this was independent this yeah. was his first like big studio film yeah it still shocked me yeah. more so in other aspects not like the actual plot but Especially the effects, yeah, shocked me. Unbelievable, aren't they? Like, I was blown away. Yeah, yeah. So the dog's chased to the to the the um the the yeah he's chased into the camp. He's chased into the research camp by some um, crazy Swedes. Crazy Swedes slash Norwegians mm-hmm. who sound German. Yeah. When they're actually talking, I think he is shouting a Norwegian. Apparently, if you speak Norwegian, he basically spoils the film for you there. Yeah, there is a translation online of what he says that says, He says, Get the hell away from that thing. Roll credits. That's not a dog, it's some sort of thing imitating a dog. It isn't real. Get away, you idiots. Because yeah. as soon as I realised it was all in Norwegian, I was like, There's got to be a spoiler in there because you'd be stupid not to do that. Yeah. I thought, what do they do to people who live in Sweden? Do they get a different version? Do they dub it in English? I they don't care about their experience. <laughs> <laughs> They've got snow and sled dog. Yeah. At home. Yeah. I have to say, so we're in the middle of like a heat wave. Do you call it a heat wave? We're in the middle of summer. <laughs> as we record this, and our living room was baking hot yesterday when we came home. And um, when I put the thing on, it was nothing but snow and ice, and I, I sort of it helped cool me down. <laughs> <laughs> it helped cool me down. I, I sort of transported myself to to the Antarctic. Yeah. So the dog arrives at the camp. Mm-hmm. The pilot. Uh, I know it's not the pilot. This is the co-pilot, which is actually the producer, Larry Franco. Oh. Is the guy? Is the uh, the guy with the gun? Right. I think because there were so few people actually up um, on location when you film, and they had to rope in like. Other people to other members of the crew to do extras. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, so they try to attack the dog with a grenade, yes. but the grenade falls out of his hand and blows him, blows himself up and the helicopter up. Yeah. Which is the worst move by anyone ever. It's it's yeah, it's pretty clumsy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, there's pretty clumsy, and then there's blowing yourself up with a grenade. No, that's true. So then the other Norwegian. Um, Makes his way into the into the base to try and catch the dog, but then Gary, I think he was the camp captain. Yeah, camp captain Gary. <laughs> he played Edgar Halcyon in Tales of the City. Oh right, okay, uh, yes, 
Yeah, of course. Camp Captain Gary yeah. Yeah, shoots a Norwegian and puts an end to his, uh, oh, his hunt yeah. for the dog. He does, yeah. Although one of them gets shot, didn't he? I noticed early on as well, there's lots of J&B whiskey. Yeah, it's a big, a jello thing, isn't yeah. it, really? One of them accidentally gets shot in the yeah, leg. Yeah, one gets shot in yeah. the leg, and then when McCreasy comes over to see if he's okay, he pinches his whiskey off him and then just drinks his It's like, I've been shot, I, you know, the whiskey's mine now. Yeah. yeah. So McCreasy is the lead, really, isn't he? Yeah, it's Kurt um, Russell. He's played by Kurt Russell. Um, Who's very very dreamy in this film, I think. Mm. With his yeah, I was going to say, what's the actual, I, I don't recognise him. What's he from? So he was famous. So John Carpenter, he was a big collaborator with John Carpenter. So he was in Escape from New York and Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. Escape from LA as well. Escape from LA, which we don't I've talk seen about. I've seen Big Trouble in LA before, but I've never seen Big Trouble in LA. And he was in yeah. Overboard with Goldie Horn. I love that film. That's <laughs> why yeah, I know him. Now again. He's Mr. Goldie Horn. Oh, they married. They got married. Yeah. Sure. Well, they never got married. Oh, didn't they? They never ever got married, but oh. yeah, they've been together. Have we made forever? Them, by the way? I know. Yeah. With a, had a, a swap of the genders. Goldie Horns was remade. Oh, was it? Yeah. Was that a screwball 50s type comedy? Or? Yeah, I think it was Sophia Loren. Oh. <laughs> but if Goldie Horns in something, then that's the only version that matters. No, it's not. But believe me. <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> okay. Oh, the feist of the Goldie Horn <laughs> Goldie feist. Goldie Horn feist. Yeah. So, after. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> After the mystery of the dog, the uh, people, the scientists in the camp decide to check out the Norwegian camp to see what's happening, yeah. to see what's left of them. Because yeah. at first they think, oh, they've probably got cabin fever, they've been up there for ages. Yeah, yeah. But then after looking at some documents, it's like, oh, you know, they haven't been here long. It's a bit. Is it eight weeks? Yeah, they've mm. only been there eight weeks, and it's, it's like, that's a bit. That's a bit quick to start going mad and murdering each other. So we'll go go out and check. Yeah. See what the camp's like. So McCreasy and I can't remember who else. It's I think it's a top player, is it? It's the other doctor. Is it Clark or it's not Clark? There is too many. Is oh, it, it's um, Doctor Copper. Copper. Yeah, it's Copper. So McCreasy and Copper go out to the Norwegian camp. Yeah, and finds it's burnt to a crisp. Yeah, and derelict. Dead bodies everywhere. That body, that first body they find with the where he's sitting there in the t- in the it's, chair with the straight razor. He slits his wrists and the frozen the frozen blood. blood and that's like suspended yeah. midair. It's amazing. It's really good because he's he's slits his own wrist and then he slits his own he's throat, his throat, throat as well. Yeah. It's like I'm not dying fast enough. I better just yeah. cut my own throat. <laughs> yeah, really grim. They go into like a back room and find a big block of ice. Yeah, with something missing from it. Yeah, yeah. So to think straight away they know something. Something bad's happened there. And then when they go outside, they find like a mutated. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like a weird, mutilated corpse. Yeah. So obviously, they think, well, we'll put it on a helicopter and take it take back it with back us. Back with us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll investigate it. Yeah. With a couple of the other corpses as well. Yeah. Mm. Like, we haven't got enough to do in downtown. Yeah. I love some of the scenes with the dog, the way the dog just sits there and stares at people. It's yeah. really yeah, that, creepy. That dog is so for Yeah. I don't know if the dog is just a creepy dog. <laughs> like they they hired a particularly talented actor. Didn't the dog? The dog was known <laughs> as a particularly good actor. Um, never stay, known for never staring at camera, never misbehaving. But he was half wolf, so yeah, the dog so is half wolf and half something. Yeah, it's an amazing dog. Um, I just assumed it was gorgeous. husky, but it's, not, it was it's, husky, it's, yeah. a wolf, it's half wolf. Um, and apparently he used to freak the cast out, didn't he? Because he had this, this, that stare. He had this stare and. They knew that if it stared at them in a certain way, they'd have to like sort of 
chill it out or back away from it because it had that oh. wolf sensibility about it. Oh, I like the book. Yeah, very cool. Jed. So then when they turn up with this strange corpse, yeah. we, we get um, our first autopsy scene. Yes. Lots of gloop and slime and, and horrible noise and stuff. They did use real animal parts in that as well. Yeah. Real animal bits. That's not vegan. Awful. No, it's not. It's probably not vegan, no. At this point, they um, decide to put the dog with all the rest of the dogs. Yeah, in the little, little pen. pen thing. So yeah. Clark is the guy with the beards, the yeah. camp dog camp dog handler. Yeah. Who do you call him? Camp dog handler, <laughs> yeah. Miss Clark. Yeah. <laughs> Played by Richard Mazer, who was um, Stan in It, the, the TV version of It. He was a grown up Stan. He was lost his wrist in the back. Are, you gonna, are we going to find a Madonna connected to the thing? There the probably is one. I'm sure. She's connected to everyone. She is. We'll figure it out. Madonna is the thing. She is the thing, yes. Re- yeah, all it's doing is reinventing itself. Uh, <laughs> there we are. Yeah. Now, even that the scene where they take the dog in where he puts the dog in the pen and it just walks in like silently and just sits down that dog is brilliant have we, gone pa- have we gone past that weird bit there's a bit in it that I think is dead creepy um, and it's where the dog it's a shadow on the, the, sh- the dog goes into someone's bedroom and it's a shadow uh, on the yeah because you don't see who it is do you? you just see the dog walks into the room and you see the shadow and he just pets the dog but apparently John Carpenter put an actor in there who wasn't any of the cast, so it looked really strange. Ah. Which makes sense, because when I was looking at the shadow, yeah. it didn't have a beard, and everyone's got a beard. Yeah. And I was thinking, who is it then? The closest one, I thought it was the uh, the ginger guy, who, uh, yeah. get, who has the, the chest burst thing. Yeah. I thought it was him, but if if yeah. it's none of them, then that's, even, that's any, even better. I think it's none of the cast, and it, like, there's something really creepy about that scene, I thought. Now, it's good, because then you... You, you've got, it's got you thinking then who's, who's the dog gone to see mm. yeah yeah there's some like this film has um, a technology problem that I'd like think with um, Alien has as well is that they like they do some amazing like the Doctor does some amazing things in this and like does some dissections and runs scans and stuff and like in Alien they're on a spaceship and they're flying everything but they still can't imagine a computer screen that isn't just text Oh, is it where these players looking at the game? Um... Like, it's just like four pixels, and they're like going. Dee, dee, oh, that dee. thing! Yeah. But then they're doing yeah. like amazing technology advances yeah. that we couldn't do now. But yeah. at the same time, they can't think of anything but text. Yeah. Except when he, he loses a chest and destroys the computer. Oh, the chess wizard, yeah. And calls it a cheating bitch. The voice of the chess on on that is Adrian Barbo from yeah. yeah. The Fog. My, my one of my favorite screen queen. That's the only like female in the whole yeah. film, isn't it? Yes. 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 There was at, that, at that point, you could play chess on a computer. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably the only thing that was yeah. that was current in nineteen eighty two was be able to play chess on a computer. <laughs> there was meant to be a woman um, crew member, but she got sick or something and had to leave, and then they just replaced her with a man. Yeah. So that's why there's no other man. Oh right, so I read that he, did, he didn't want a woman, a woman in it, John Carpenter, because he wants it to be. I think it was on the Wikipedia. That streamlined. Oh. So it's probably just a fucking lie. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think I'd always thought that it was done on purpose, that it was all meant to get that kind of dynamic. I think yeah. a woman in there would have changed it. Men act differently when women are around, don't they? Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't think the woman would have been as paranoid. She was, yeah, she was a bit too logical. Yeah. She would have just solved everything and, like, walked away, like, yeah. fuck that. <laughs> so um, this is our first, like, real practical effect scene, isn't it, with the dog? Amazing. 
I think the first thing that you see is the dog's head splits into four. Oh, yeah. And then its skull falls off. Yeah, it's horrible. It's just hard to describe, isn't it? Without without watching it, it's just so. It's so horrible. Everything has folds and everything opens and something else comes out and there's tentacles and things being sprayed and it's just horrible. It is indescribable. I guess that's why it's called. It could be referred to as anything other than. A thing, because mm. what is it? Is it a plant? Is it an animal? Is it all of that? It's just completely bizarre. Yeah, organism. Mm. The organism. The organism. And then it sort of starts making a meal of all the other dogs, doesn't it? Yeah, it's trying to like absorb yeah. to the dogs so we can re- replicate them and mimic yeah. them. So you get like basically a big pile of like melted dogs writhing in agony, don't you? And it's a bit like the Yulin Festival, isn't it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but it is that a little bit. Yulin Festival meets the end of society. For <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyone who's seen the film Society, yeah, <laughs> Yulin Body Horror Massacre. Basically, yeah. that's what it is. It's just awful. It's really disturbing, though, isn't it? Those effects are really disturbing. Yeah. It's really horrible. I think that was the only scene that Rob Bottin didn't do. I think by this point, because that was one of the last scenes he did. Uh, he'd already got exhaustion by yeah. this point and had a hypothermia. Yeah. Uh, so Stan Winston right, yeah. did this this initial dog effect was the only one but by Stan Winston yeah. and it's a great effect you can tell Stan Winston's a, yeah. he's a legend and he in terms of effects he didn't take a credit in the film did no, he? no no like a thank you at the end or something what else has he done? Stan Winston's on loads little Terminator yeah. right okay yeah he's like famous isn't he he's not on Stan did he do American Werewolf in London? no that was Rick Baker Rick Baker because Rob Bosin did the Howlin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He did Howlin, and he was also one of the he was he was the lead ghost demon in the fog. I'd say as someone that loves practical effects, I just think this. I, I just can't think of a film that's better for yeah. practical effects. No, it's amazing. No, it's, it's, it's incredible. Just, it's disturbing, isn't it? It's disturbing and horrifying <laughs> and thrilling and everything that you want it to be. Really, all those scenes. So as the as the creature starts attacking the dogs, the other camp members um, hear some noises set off the alarm yeah. and run in to see what's going on and then uh, who is it Clark Clark says I don't know what it is but it's weird and pissed off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, they all come in see what's happening and then I think Child turns up with the flamethrower he does yeah yeah. blasts it sets fire to her all and kills all the dogs and then we get another autopsy with yeah. all the dog monsters apparently it's, um, some of the special features on that one of them did speak to Keith Davids and he said it was a real flamethrower. Oh, I've watched that, yeah. yeah. They gave it, a real yeah. flamethrower and he said the trigger on it was so twitchy, it's like you could just set something on fire. Mm. God. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. That was his first film as well, Keith Davids. Was, was it? Yeah, his first, I think, child. I like it. I thought like, they keep saying, I, um, I don't believe any of this voodoo bullshit. <laughs> I love how the two black characters like to just jive talk all the, all the yeah. way through it. And like one of them is on roller boots and the one of them else on roller boots is just fantastic. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. That model, that model for the autopsy is amazing, I think. Yeah. It's like the weird way you see like the dog's face and all the teeth or like yeah. the weird teeth hanging out of its mouth. Yeah. So creepy. Yeah. There's lots of creepy moments, isn't it? Isn't there? So when Bennings is attacked, so don't they put so they put the autopsy, uh, the first autopsy, don't they store that in another room? Yeah. But it's not quite dead. 
Yeah, it's not dead, yeah. And then the character Benning gets attacked, doesn't he? Because someone it's, comes it's, in and finds him wrapped around. It's all wrapped around his neck. He's covered yeah. in, like... I think it's like KY jelly mixed with jam or something, isn't it? Yeah. Basically, to get said, the they were joking, saying that uh, in the in in the um, research centre, they went through five gallons of KY jelly, wow. which lends the whole lends to the whole camp crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he gets attacked and then when he runs into the snow and they see that he started to turn or it's the thing has started to sort of absorb him. He's got the big long hand. Yeah, I think we skipped quite a bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, because oh. they, they go to find the spaceship first. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. So I think McCreasy heads out because they, they've watched the videos when they, when they, pre- when they go back. Oh, yeah. When they come back from Norwegian camp, they bring a lot of videos so they find out where they've been so they go head out to see it. That's where they find this alien spaceship. It's buried in the snow. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, it, it, I think judging by how deep it is, it's been there for like a hundred thousand years. Yeah. yeah, I liked the video, but I thought that was quite creepy because it like the way they all like lined up around. I think that way they all stood. In. Yeah. yeah, that's referencing the uh, thing from another world. Got yeah. to do that in that before they they're trying to uncover the ship, and they're all stood like that around it, but then they accidentally blow it up because <laughs> mm. they use too much explosive that's where Benning gets attacked well we get the great CGI that you were talking about about um, where Blair's looking at the um... yeah the weird screen thing where it just kind of moves along yeah, I couldn't quite work out what it was trying to be it was the cell was it was, yeah, it was, yeah. there was the cells overtaken yeah. other. so yeah. it, was, it was like probability of one or more of the cap yeah. members being infected it was like 75% yeah. and it was like possible to have taken over the world and it just like uh, within yeah. three How years but it was all just like, it was all in words wasn't it and yeah I did think that uh, going from there so Blair started to get this paranoia about him yeah. I did think his flip out was a bit quick mm. I thought he went mad a little bit quick I thought it sort of came out of nowhere for me though I don't I, it works because he's the, he's he actually sees the big picture when yeah. he's because he knows that if it does escape, the, the world's fucked, basically. Yeah. So he, he realises it while they all don't. They mm. don't realise the, like, the impact of what yeah. this could be. Yeah. But he does, so that's why he goes... Just goes the one who starts going mental and like, yeah. fashion and everything. It moves along really quickly, doesn't it, the yeah. thing? Yeah, and once this gets into it, like where he just gets the full paranoia and everything it does just goes, zips from like set piece to set piece, and yeah. you see an effect on top of effects, and it's just... Mm. It is. It builds after Benning's is, um So he defines him down in the middle of the snow. He's got these big long black. Yeah, because it's trying to it's trying to replicate him, but it's not quite there. Because yeah. they say, oh, Dave, if if we wouldn't have found him in time, it would have looked exactly like him. We wouldn't yeah. have, we wouldn't have known. Yeah. Benning's was right there, Mac. I swear to God, it had a hold of him.
bring to it. I think if it had more time to finish, it would have looked and sounded and acted just like Benny's. I don't know what you're saying. That was one of those things out there, trying to imitate him, Gary. So they have to set fire to him. Or does he set fire to himself? No, no, no. They set, they set fire to him, and then that's when he realised that it's still alive. So he have to burn all the other bodies as yeah. well. So he drive all the other bodies out and yeah. stick them in the ground. Yeah. I think that's where like the proper paranoia really started. Mm. The scene mm. after this is them all attacking each other and mm. you know mistrusting each other. And they don't know who's who really. Yeah. Again, I thought that was uh, that, that came back quite very quickly. I thought, oh God, they're, they're, they're already sort of attacking each other, which I don't think not necessarily a criticism because I do like a film that moves mm. as long, especially a horror film. Um, but I think that's fairly realistic. Yeah. In, especially in the situation, that isolation, they, they were, when you were filming on location, they were stuck. So the, yeah. the, nearest, the nearest town just had like five pubs in and that was it. Yeah. There was nothing else there. The All they could do was drink and shoot and that was it. Yeah, they stayed in a town called Stewart, didn't they, in, in British Columbia. So um, they had to be bussed from there up to this old quarry where they built the set. And because um, it was an hour and a half away. If they all went up there together, say like five of them were filming and the others weren't, they couldn't just go back to mm. the town, they had to stay, so they were all... Just like playing cards or... Yeah, so there's a, obviously a sense of camaraderie that spills over into the cast, isn't it? Um, and I suppose that plays into the cabin fever as well, so if they've, all, they've all been meant to have been there for ages anyway, so if you're that cooped up and you've already got a touch of cabin fever, then I suppose Padre is going to come out quickly. Because mm, they were saying as well that even... Even within the crew, even within the cast and crew, little factions like just appears within them. Mm. It's like so people who are friends that that in real life that became part of the film then because you know you'd stick with your friends and then that added to it. I think it's not humans. I guess though, if you think it? about Pete, if you think Big Brother, and that's a relatively comfortable experience for people in some ways. People yeah. people break into factions very very quickly don't yeah. they in that it's what big brother needs it needs an alien an alien, an alien, alien organism yeah to nice. assimilate people yeah Gemma Collins <laughs> I think she just eat them <laughs> she <laughs> just absorb them that's a, that's a different film that's, yeah. that's the blob yeah <laughs> 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 well she has got a sex tape out too hasn't she that'll be it that's true yeah, yeah. crowdfunding my million pounds to buy it Okay. I have a sex tape out too, but it's just free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Think she might raise a million to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a really creepy moment where McCready and um, McCready and is it um, Pauls? Knowles. McCready and Knowles go out. They're all out, and McCready and Knowles are, are, um, are walking through the snow, and um, McCready says, I need to go up to my shack. Yeah, and I, need, and I need you to come with me. And he's like, "Why?" And he said, "Because when I left, I turned the light off, and then it just pans over to a shot and the light off. Yeah. There's a real creepiness to that. I love the shot where um, they go they go to speak to Blair, and when he just opens the door, oh yeah, it's just a noose hanging in front of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like so he's just ready to kill himself. Yeah, was he ready to kill himself, or were they suggesting it, or what? What was going on? No, I, I think, think that what's that? Him, isn't it? His it's his madness. Like he just rather hang himself. Way. Yeah. yeah, he's look because he knows he knows the, the consequences, so he's getting ready to kill himself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, see, I, I'd rather just become nothing because then he's <laughs> what he says, doesn't he? It's like, um, I want to come back inside now, I'm ready to come back inside. And I was just thinking, this like you know, when people kill themselves around the zombie apocalypse and stuff, I'd be like, nah, just make me a zombie, I'd rather go around and bite someone else as well. <laughs> Take someone else down with me, okay. <laughs> 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 Take note of that for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. You see, Stephen. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try and chase away anyway because I can't run for shit. <laughs> <laughs> I 
zo een... Ik zie misschien dat de doctor, is dat de biologist Fuchs is het. Mm. He goes out, he finds some clothes on the floor, and then we don't see him again. Mm. And then about 20 minutes later, we just find a charred corpse. That's right, yeah. Mm. He just burns himself. Yeah. Yeah, there are a couple of things like that that I didn't quite pick up on, I think, because I was tired and I need to watch them again, because I was thinking, well, why is it? So is that his corpse that's burnt? And then, because there were so many characters as well, so many names to try and keep up with. I think the cast is massive, isn't it? It's quite big. Possibly didn't need to be. Really. I think even the novel is even bigger. I think it's like 30 characters in a novel, and right. then. Carpenter said he's got cut it down to 12 or 13. Yeah. I think it, it's, for me, it was too many. Yeah. But I'm, I struggle to like keep a track of like four names. But like, when you get to this number, I was just like, I yeah. think you no, needed, no idea who any of them are. You needed enough to, you had a few, uh, plenty of decent kills, I suppose, yeah. didn't you? And like transformations and scenes. Yeah, if it was so too yeah. small, you wouldn't get many. Yeah. When do we get to the CPR scene? So that's when so McCready gets comes back, doesn't Yeah, that's it. When That's when they go back inside. I know. Um, they lock him out don't they they think that he's the thing and he breaks in and he's got a stick of dynamite and says anyone who comes near me I'll just go blow us all up yeah and that's when Norris yeah that's his name that's when he has a heart attack yeah well as all this is going on so then they drag Norris into the it's just like the do you just have like one room don't you yeah. like, like the one common room yeah and then stick him stick him on a table mm. and start doing CPR that's so, such a great scene mm. isn't it yeah <laughs> Copper is about to Pushes his fibrillators into his chest. Yeah. His chest opens and then bites his bites his arms off. It's <laughs> amazing. It is amazing. Did you know that they use an amputee? So they, they got so the scene where you see him screaming with his with his with half his arms. Um if you look closely, it's an amputee with a mask of that actor's face on. Oh really? Yeah. Sure. No, they made arms out of gelatin yeah. and stuck like uh, veins in it with like fake blood. And, and then, then that's actually a, that's like a hydraulic clamp. It's like a bear trap, a hydraulic bear trap. So it just bites it. It bites, actually bites the arms off. Oh, fuck, that's boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so impressive. See the effort they used to go to mm. with, with yeah. practical effects. But mm. I, I do also think now when you watch CGI and that, like it's all cool and it's amazing and what they're doing is just incredible. And then you see something like this and you're just like, oh, but that, that is just so much fucking mm. cooler. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think because it's more organic, it just feels cooler. Yeah, it does. It does. So this whole scene is just unbelievable. It's yeah. I was just watching it going, this is fucking horrible. These these effects, it's like, it's nightmarish. Yeah. I kept thinking, imagine it, but like, because uh, I, I don't think I saw it when I was that young. I was just thinking, imagine seeing this as a child, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where his head sort of stretches off his body and disconnects. Yeah, well, I think... I like the bit where he... The head, yeah, the head slowly disconnects, which is just fucking amazing. Anyway. But then when it's on the floor, it like wraps a tentacle around and then uses its jaw to like push itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so creepy. That was so, so effective. I was loved that moment. Because yeah. even then, there's another when I think once they, once everyone's like jumped away, it's just like his chest opens up further and then it's just like shoots loads of goop. Yeah, it's all this green sort of bile starts. And then when you see yeah. it, it's like there's like a weird monster hanging from the ceiling. It's yeah. all it's just so creepy. Yeah, but it all looks so good. Yeah, it's all yeah, it's amazing. So then, spider head, the spider head scene. Yeah. Spider head is just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely horrible. Just grotesque, upside down head with, with little beady eyes, and beady eyes, and the spider and spider legs just. It just haunted me all night. And that's <laughs> the noise it makes. It's yeah. like the squawking noise that it makes as well. I kind of wish it got away for a bit and like 
came back later and just jumped on someone as well. <laughs> yeah, like a face hugger or anything. Yeah, because yeah, like they, spot, they spot it, don't they, in the background as it's running away. What the yeah. fuck's that? <laughs> yeah, they're going out the door. So the, the scene, so Ben, because Ben watched um, part of it with me and he said this scene, he said, so, oh, this is the alien chestburster scene for the thing then, isn't it? And I thought, well, it is in a way, mm-hmm. yeah. And the thing, the thing wouldn't exist without Alien, was it? Because um, from what I can gather, there was an earlier script doing the rounds in the seventies mm. that Toby Hooper was attached to, that they didn't really go for. No. Uh, but then after Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake and then Star Wars and Alien came out, the the hunger for yeah aliens and sci-fi, sci-fi horror type thing was was there again so they sort of got in touch with John Carpenter again after that yeah so do you want to do this yeah so I suppose you know I think uh, this is a completely different animal from Alien yeah, but I feel is. like the influences I think you can see a bit of the yeah. influence there but especially with this scene yeah well it, it, it goes back more this is more closer to the uh, original novel from the 30s because mm. this is when that kind of like sci-fi horror Emerged right, mm. basically like this the weird fiction like H.P. Lovecraft. I think Campbell was around. He was contemporary Lovecraft, so yeah. this is what a lot you know. This was like the birth of that yeah. sci-fi horror movement. I did notice as well um, a lot of similarities with Alien Three yeah. with this film because um, uh, it was my mind was refreshed because Friday night we came in late after the night I was and Alien Three was on Channel Four as so we watched like the last hour of it and. Um, in Alien Three, the alien is in the host of the host is a dog, mm-hmm. and it bursts out the dog, and then yeah. it goes around infects everyone else. Um, isolated, all men yeah. in the middle of nowhere, and um, and also lots of there's lots of fire, lots of people getting set on fire, and that yeah. happens in Alien Three as well. I just thought it was quite interesting to see yeah. those mm. parallels as well. I, I don't watch Alien Three as much as I watch the thing. To be fair, yeah, but I do. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of good in Alien Three. I think. Definitely. And after this, this is where we get like the the paranoia scene mm. where the uh, McCreasy devises some sort of blood test. That's amazing. It's amazing when he's going through each one. Yeah. That Although is. I do think I'd say is if you're taking blood from someone, why would you do your thumb? It's like you need your thumb to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you do somewhere else? Yeah. yeah. Totally true. Absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you do one of your, yeah, your fingers lesser to... used fingers? Maybe use them all. <laughs> <laughs> the bits where they were cutting the thumbs went right through yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. Looked that real. It's, it's impressive that in a film with so much other gore and horror that just that manages to be creepy as well. It's always the little things though, isn't it? So yeah. you can watch them get the head blown off, but if they get like the tendons snipped or... Yeah. A paper cut. Oh. A paper cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that fella's head just turned into a spider and ran off, but I've got a paper cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can't imagine the pain of turning into a spider head, but you can imagine the pain of that paper. This is very true. Yeah. Another thing I noticed is when he was when they were doing the actual blood tests and when he do, I think he does windows first mm. and then when he goes to the next guy he just wipes it on his jeans he does yeah. like, <laughs> that, so that's sterilised is it yeah, okay that, yeah. that, that's fine I don't suppose it's any time to be thinking about health and no, safety is it probably not what do you got in mind McCready a little test on windows Hugh and Palmer cut everybody down real tight what for for your health come on let's rush him he's not gonna blow us all up Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's let's do what Max says. I mean, uh, he wasted Norris pretty quick, didn't he? That's close enough, Clark. 
He ain't tying me up. Then I'll have to kill you, Charles. Then kill me. I mean it. I just didn't um, like I was watching that scene thinking what's going to happen like if it does test positive I don't understand what he was like waiting to happen and then it happened and I was like well I don't think he was waiting for <laughs> well he said to me he said the blood will sort of fight back and mm. it'll sort of lash out or whatever yeah because every part of it is its own little thing yeah, yeah it's living <laughs> yeah. being yeah yeah, so then it gets to, is it a uh, Palmer? Yeah, Copper and Clark are human, and yeah. then it gets to Palmer. We, again, another great effect. Where his, um, his like, head just explodes. His eyes bubble out first, and there's little yeah. balloons in his head. And then the head, the whole head just explodes, like splits in half, and, and tins like a Venus flytrap. Yeah. So <laughs> his head bites someone else, like eats someone else. Yeah, it's a um, windows, like windows, yeah, yeah. Head, and then yeah. like throws him into the ceiling, and he's, he's there's like it's a dummy, obviously. Yeah, it's, gr- it's a great dummy, but it's yeah, that's not very practical. <laughs> <laughs> Someone made a note. I was looking on IMDb at the trivia that where the two of the characters called Windows and Mac. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a coincidence, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's like three, isn't it? Yeah. So then we left on we with um sort of McCready, Knowles and um Child Camp, Camp Gary. Oh and Child, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it sets on fire, it bursts through the wall. Yeah. And he just throws a stick of dynamite at it and blows yeah. it up. Yeah. And I like this is I don't know if you said it because I don't know who any of them are, but the one who says yeah, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Gary, funny. Yeah, because he's the only one left tied to the couches, and everyone else is just pointing flames so he's on mm, yeah. yeah, I do love the scene where the where the, each each one is left tied up. Yeah, it just cuts from them going, "Let me out!" To suddenly they're out and they're doing the yeah. next person. Yeah, I think the humour in this is really really good. There are there are lots of funny moments, and it's funny because it is quite a bleak film, isn't it? Mm. And I think that was a lot of its trouble when it came out. A lot of people didn't like the bleakness of it, did yeah. people? But it's I think that humor in there. for me though that makes it realistic because that is the kind of like gallows humor almost that yeah. woods kinds of crop up yeah like right. with a bunch of men in that kind of situation yeah yeah so it makes it more believable for me yeah now to go to test Blair to see if Blair's a human but then gone yeah he disappears um, and he's built a little mini flying saucer yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I thought that was that was the blue wasn't it I thought how's he been doing that I don't know noticed him he's just been distracted yeah the, so it's been a bit distracted haven't he been stealing parts from the helicopter yeah. and different things around the base. So what do you think he's building the flying saucer for? It's just so he can escape, I think. So he can get out of there, so it's a flying saucer, like, um, so it's not an intergalactical one, it's like... Just no, no, he just wants to, to get to... Just, uh, just a flying saucer to, 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 to yeah. Skegness. Yeah. Skegness, It's a commuter saucer, rather than yeah. intergalactic. Ah, right. That's how I travel. Just so I know. I don't... I, Reckon Butlins would probably be improved. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, um, so they, they all go looking for him. Did they go subterranean then? They yeah, that's where he finds his little. He finds his underground tunnel. His lair. His lair. And that's where the. Blair's lair. Blair's lair. So they find his, his flying saucer. Yeah. So they roll some dynamite down to blow that up. Yeah. And then they blow up 
the rest of the camp because yeah. they, you'd see them they're just putting gasoline and all kinds of dynamite all around the camp aren't they to blow it up because McCready basically says doesn't he, none of us are making us alive so mm. let's make sure that thing doesn't make us mm. alive yeah. as well because it was it, it needs um, was, he, was he saying it, it, it wants to be frozen yeah it wants to go back back to sleep basically back to sleep so it can be transported somewhere else so let's make sure everywhere's really fucking hot so the set fire to everything and blow everything up there's a great horrible horrible uh, effect isn't there where Blair leaps out of the darkness so you realise he's the thing and he pushes his fingers into Gary's face yeah mm-hmm. that's like society isn't mm. it that happens in society where the, and the fingers go underneath his skin yeah Oh, really Again, it's just a, it's a simple effect, but it is really effective. Yeah. yeah, it's good that I think every every big practical effect scene is different as well. Yeah. There's a lot of varieties. They don't like reuse the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And there's a weird stop motion bit. Yeah, which is it's a bit jarring. It sticks out like a sore thumb compared to all the other yeah. stuff. Well, that thumb. monster there, <laughs> that that Blair monster, the, there was supposed to be a whole scene of this stop motion monster. Mm. But when they look, watched it back, they were like, "It, it didn't look right." Yeah. He said, "We can tell it's stop motion, and we don't really want, we don't really want that." Yeah. So they chopped it off. That's why when you see that scene, it's like the tentacles come out, and then the monster's just there. There's mm. meant to be a scene of it coming out, but they, they got rid of it. Yeah. So well, he throws I know, it up there, I used, he? Yeah. Right. He throws the stick of dynamite and it blows up because that's where you get the dog, like the chest burst, the dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Comes out. Is it like sticking out the sides of its head or something? Well, because it's blurred on the front, isn't it? And then yeah. it's on the sides of its head. It's like a weird T-Rex, like dinosaur yeah. monster mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and uh, McCready has the great part in line, doesn't he, to Fuck you too! And it's like, blows it up. So are we meant to believe that it's gone now? That's it. Uh, well, there's different stories, Thanks. isn't it, about the end? Oh, it was the theories. Yeah. This is the theory that I knew before I watched it. Oh, go on, I love the theory. Go on, Steve. I'll let you. Um, when the two of them are talking outside, the I can't remember the names. So Childs and McCreasy. Keep the David. guy. <laughs> Kurt Russell. Yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Is, um, when he's speaking, you can see his breath because it's cold and he's speaking but when the other guy speaks you can't see his breath so the theory is that he was actually the thing at that point oh my god you reckon <laughs> that's true I just think that's just a, a goof well in the one of the special features on that new Arrow Blu-ray which we've both got by the way and it's fabulous if you're going to get one get the Arrow 4K restoration because it looks like it got made yesterday it's brilliant isn't it it's unbelievable um, and the ASCII Davis one of the special features is like a panel it was 35, 35 year anniversary of it and they asked David, do you know who's in it? You know who's the thing at the end? And he said, um, they did two takes at the end, and or th- I think it was three takes. And he said, John Carpenter told him, in this take you're the thing, in this take you're the thing, and in the third take neither of you is the thing. And I'm not going to tell you which one I'm going to oh, use. That's amazing. That's on purpose. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think, like when I heard this theory, I was one of those ones where I was just. I'd heard it loads and I thought I think this is people fucking reaching for yeah. something there mm. but then when I actually watched the scene I was like no I think they're right I think there's actually yeah. something to this I think yeah. it's and especially I think because of all the stuff I'd seen before and the amazing effects it felt like a detail like that wouldn't have been missed by this by this crew mm. yeah. like I feel like they were too good yeah. to have not have picked up I'd like a mistake like that. Yeah. No, it was done on purpose. So. You the only one who made it? 
Not the only one. Did you kill it? Where were you, Charles? Thought I saw Blair. I went out after him. Got lost in the storm. Fire's got the temperature up all over the camp. Won't last long, though. Neither will we. How will we make it? Maybe we should. If you're worried about me... If we've got any surprises for each other... I don't think we're in much shape to do anything about it. Well, what do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Yeah, because he went out of the way to create breath, didn't he, in the indoor scenes, because the sets were in LA. Yeah, that's a cool set. They refrigerated mm. them all so that you could see the breath, so I suppose. I mean, Terry did say that he was the one who didn't have the breath was right next to the big blazing fire, so maybe that's why he didn't yeah. have the breath. Did Terry like it? He only got the last 10 minutes. Oh, okay. I watched it at like 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Oh, God. What's God to the day? Yeah, yeah. God. There is actually, uh, someone did a novel, it's like a. a it can't, it's the the events of the thing, but from the perspective of the thing, called the things. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so, so yeah, so the things are humans, and yeah. in that, don't know whether we'd consider it canon or not, but in that, child is the thing. That's funny. And he did, uh, there was a comic kind of sequel to it as well, and in that, Charles was the thing as well. Right. Yeah. So I think people have kind of decided that he is. Mm. And then it's going to be, anyway. But it was never. John Carpenter never decided that. It, people have just decided for him. It's a great weekend thing. Because he says, doesn't he? Uh, let's just wait a while and see what happens. Mm. I love it. Yeah, I love it, and it did open up the uh, the whole romance for me of the two men. I, I just wanted <laughs> them to get together, not like a dirty porny way, just like I wanted to just see them, like you know, have a little hug and, <laughs> and just yeah, just like fist. <laughs> no, you know, just like have a nice kiss and read poetry to each other. I think that would be nice. Fist in an infinite variety of ways is the thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's transforming. And come back to anyway. society again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, I I watched this film. <sighs> Probably the first time when I was about 10. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, my dad never really looked at it as a horror film. He just saw it as a sci-fi. And was like, yeah. oh, it's just a sci-fi film. Mm. You know, it's yeah. he, he's fine to watch it. And I just watched it. And yeah. it never it didn't bother me that much. Yeah, I, was, I was more scared by other films. Yeah. Um, I, I probably watched it about the same age. Yeah. Um, it was on... Cause, so when it came out, so it was a big flop. Wasn't it? It was a massive yeah. flop, yeah. Like massive, like it yeah. came out the same day as Blade Runner. Oh yeah, no, that was. A flop and this well. was a, like two weeks after ET. Yeah. So. And Podcast that year. As the well. same. There was so many. Have you, have you seen the? And watched it, yeah. The summer of '82 or something, yeah. Yeah, there's a great documentary on. Well, it's only like half hour little featurette about that on that Arrow 
Blu-ray about yeah. all the films that came out in 1982. Yeah. And it's just an unbelievable year for the film. Yeah. But E.T. was such yeah, it a was... huge, huge film. Yeah. It just dominated everything. Yeah. It destroyed the others. Mm-hmm. And yeah. nobody wanted to watch a bleak version of Alien Invasion when they could watch the cuddly yeah. E.T. version. And they'd already cried E.T. Yeah. Yeah. They were literally crying. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> but... For Blade Runner and the thing to come out on the same day, and you know yeah. they're both iconic films now. Yeah. I know, well that's true because Blade Runner wasn't a great success. No, it wasn't either. at all. No, um, it was just and in it was similar to the thing, and it? it was like the home video market yeah. where it kind of took off. So when I was between eight, nine, ten, um, the thing would have been video shop. Yeah, definitely. Classic. I like, remember. Everyone knew what it was. I remember the front cover with the Me weird, too. like, green with screaming the head. head. Yeah, yeah screaming head. That, so that, that was on the video shop, and it was on. I remember being on the telly, and me nans and my uncle watching it, and me watching it with them back then. Mm. And it didn't... I, I liked it, but it was very... The thing with the thing is, it's actually a very masculine film. Yeah. It's a very macho mm. film, in a way. And I think a lot of the time... It, um, it's not very woke, is it? It's not very woke, no. It's quite It's quite a macho film, so a lot of the time, um, with me, and probably with a lot of other queer horror viewers, you're, you're drawn to films that are a bit more colourful and a bit more yeah. women mm. and a bit more camp and a bit more hammer and a bit more whatever. Um, if, you're, if you're faced with a bleak picture with nothing but men with beards... Sometimes it's a little bit of a wall. It's a little bit of it's a little bit inaccessible for for, for me anyway as, yeah. as a young queer horror viewer. So it's never been on my radar the way it's on yours. Yeah. But I wanted it to be because I love John Carpenter and I thought yeah. oh, I really want to like it and all this. So when I watched it yesterday, I was quite nervous. I was going to hate it, especially because I was like hungover and stuff <laughs> as well. So I was really relieved that I really loved it and I thought oh great it's it's my time to sort of discover the thing and I'll mm. watch it more and more now and um get into it more I think I really liked it and I think it is a very macho film what what distinguishes it from a lot of 80s macho films is it isn't trying to be macho it's no. just a masculine film <laughs> yes. yeah. whereas yeah, lots true. of those it's lots like... of those macho 80s films they really really go Hammer. for yeah. hammering but that's they? when it comes up gay but that's <laughs> when it comes up gay yeah. so which films, is the end of ones we like <laughs> those films as a kid I loved because they were full of fucking naked men or like men Con- beating Conan, each other up and Conan, Conan and yeah. the Van Damme films and all them yeah. so they were great whereas this is just Straightforward masculinity yeah. in peril, yeah. and and confused and mm-hmm. paranoid. I suppose looking at that job as well, probably women wouldn't do that job. Women no. wouldn't want to be trapped at the no. arse end of the world for yeah, three months at a time, just, would they? With loads of stinking <laughs> men, they wouldn't. I just yeah. think they would. No, I would. You're not a woman. You know you would. I think. For me, it it doesn't scare me in any way, shape, or form. This film, it's not like I didn't think it was very horror, as in scary horror. But I think the effects are fucking fantastic, and I think where it works best for me is just the sense of paranoia and the infighting. Yeah. It just it's just so well played and well timed that I just think it's a really good fucking mm. film. I found it scary. I've got to say, that scene with the silhouette and the dog. Mm. I thought it was really creepy. Then the scene with the light on in the shack, with just little moments that John Carpenter always does well, doesn't he? Mm. He does all the impressionist stuff, so he always does um, expressionist stuff. So 
he always does shadows. He always does like thing in the distance, like Michael Myers stood outside yeah. the house mm. as she sees him through the blinds, and those little shots like that are the scary bits I think in his films, and they stood out for me with this. Whereas the the effects were just really brutal, and even now, I mean, seeing the dog's yeah. face splitting, you don't you wouldn't see that in a horror movie now, no. really. Well, that's the and irony. Just look gummy. Yeah. Well, the irony now it's like they did a kind of remake prequel in the in two thousand eleven, mm. and if you watch that. The effects in the original look better than the remake. But didn't they do like practical effects that they then painted over with CGI? They went, they, went, they used them just as a guide, and then they went over it with CGI. Shit. But why? But on the, um, the the reason why practical effects work is because they look physical. Yeah, yes, it's They have textures that you cannot recreate. Yeah, that's it's it. why I like stop motion animation is because <clears throat> compared to normal animation, it looks. Physical, you can see the three D in something which you can't. You just can't replicate that. Yeah, that that and that is the beauty of the the. That's the beauty of the majority of effects in this film. Mm. In that though they are, is that physicality in that you you don't perceive them. You know their effects, but you don't necessarily perceive them as being effects. You see that those you see that thing as being a real physical, Mm. gooey, bloody entity. Yeah, because, because it was. Yeah, <laughs> because it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a great story. I think it's. Um, I think it's a special feature on that. They talk about the the, the dummy that uh, had the claw in the, the the mouth in it. The original version of that exploded one night <laughs> because the chemicals they used in it reacted overnight, like you know all the green goo. Yeah, had like a chemical reaction, and they came in one. They came in the next morning, and the set was on fire. <laughs> oh my God. So they had to build it again and make sure it was out of things that wouldn't react with each other. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I've got a thing for the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for choosing this one for us. I, that's, well, to be honest, I was most intrigued in what he thought, considering he'd never seen it before. Yeah. Well, I, I was surprised how much they enjoyed it. I think, once again, once I got over the first 20 minutes of it not being camp and weird, I was really into it. And I'd watch it again. I do prefer Alien. Seems to have brought that up. But that's because I like the one. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I haven't got a massive love for Alien. I like I really, really like it. I love Alien. I hate Aliens. See, I'm the, the opposite. I don't hate Alien, but I love it. Aliens. Is I don't best. hate Aliens either. I'm exaggerating. Aliens is the one I really love. I think for me, it does, it does so much different horror well as well. That's mm. what I like about the thing because it does like the practical effects and the gory monster effects, but it has the paranoia as well. Yeah. So it does so much right that there's the eerie gothic edge of, of it being in the middle of nowhere as mm. well, which I, that's really cool, isn't it? Yeah, and like there's that. like that Lovecraft like yeah. vibe to it as well. Yeah. I'm glad I've finally seen it. Yeah. Mm. It's one I've kept Definitely. And for a while on purpose, and I'm glad mm. it lived up to it. So there we go. That was our episode on The Thing. Mm-hmm. What did everybody think of it out there? Is, is it a film you've somehow got to 28 years old and never seen? <laughs> or 48. <laughs> or 48. <laughs> or 32. <coughs> Plus 82. <laughs> or is it a film that you've seen many times and you love mm. let us know what you think email us at 
Emails? Well, I've stopped saying this because nobody emails us. Um, okay. I don't think anybody emails. Does anyone email? I think it's just social media now, isn't it? Snapchat? Have you got a Snapchat? N- yes, it's a chunky lover 43. <laughs> um, <laughs> dick pics are welcome. Well, dick, dick pics are very welcome. <laughs> oh, oh, funny. I think funny pics is fine. Yeah, yeah. Tits. If you, I mean, if you want to be old-fashioned, then yes, please do email us. Screamingqueens at gmail.com. Okay. Or you can tweet us at... Yeah, I'm at Johnny Larkin. At HD99. Um, I'm at Cthulhu502. And how can we get older, Martin? Well, I'll be underground crafting a little spaceship out of the uh, the detritus that these three have left lying around. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to use my red currant puffs packet? The red currant puffs packet <laughs> and the remnants of Stephen's naked... Coco Delight. <laughs> but what about the thing he's been eating? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Fuck you too. <laughs>